0: well good morning, good morning. So it's great to see you guys this morning and I hope that you had a wonderful time yesterday celebrating our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ his birth my name is Jeff Shever and I'm one of the elders here at Providence and so today we're going to be talking about names and so let's turn in our Bible to Isaiah chapter 9 and so in the black Bibles in the back of the chair, if you want to use one of those, it's on page 537 or 573, depending on its thickness. So while you turn there, i got a question. Uh, not as many questions as Pastor Joe had earlier, but who here has a name? That's why I thought most of you have a name. So let's ask another question. Who here's ever named something? And now I'm not talking about the name you speak under your breath for someone you don't like. <laughs> so, but if you've ever named a child, you know that it can be a tricky process sometimes. You, are you gonna choose a family name or are you gonna choose a new name? You're gonna choose a trendy name or, or a classic name? Is the name you choose gonna be hard to spell or you're gonna be nice to their teachers and make it easy? <laughs> So, but then the hardest part is you and your spouse has, have to agree upon that name as well. So, and sometimes you even want that name to be meaning, meaningful. For example, Ashley and I named our daughter Gabrielle. And however, some of you know her as Gabby. Well, that's because she decided that Gabrielle had too many letters in it <laughs> and it was easier to just write Gabby on the top of her school assignments. And I don't necessarily disagree with her because I still misspell it sometimes, but thank God for autocorrect. <laughs> so, anyways, the name Ashley and I chose, Gabrielle, means devoted to God, and that's our heart's desire for her. Our names mean something, and this is the case for Christ as well. And we find in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, four names or descriptions of God that give us a glorious and concise summary of who he invisibly already is and who he visibly will be when he returns that one one day on the second advent. So let's look at Isaiah uh, 9 verse 6 and read that again together. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And so the first name that we're going to look at is Wonderful Counselor. And so if you're taking notes today, number one of your notes is Jesus is the Wonderful Counselor. Counseling is something that we all need and has become a big business both from a, a secular and faith-based perspective. People are looking for life's answers. And everywhere you look, you see psychiatrists, psychologists, therapists, and counselors offering their services for a reasonable price. There are bad counselors. There are okay counselors. There are good counselors. And there's even a few great counselors. But we have the wonderful counselor. Jesus is our wonderful counselor. Because God so loved the world, he sent his son to bring hope into darkness and to save the world. Jesus knows our struggles. He knows our pain, our burdens. He knows our temptations, our hurts. He knows our needs. And he even knows how to bring us hope because he has already been here and he is coming again. Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 11, Come to me, all who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Are there situations in your life that you can't bear? Are there times that you need comforted or or encouragement? Do you need hope and comfort? And then come to Jesus, the wonderful counselor. So as some of you know, Gabrielle was born with cystic fibrosis. And this didn't come as a a surprise for Ashley and I. During one of our um, doctor's visits, we were offered the great opportunity to have some testing done for genetic diseases, and to to see if there was any. Well, as it turns out, both Ashley and I are carriers of cystic fibrosis. And with that came many, um, we were offered many um, options of how to proceed with growing our family. And um, after much prayer and consideration, Ashley and I, and seeking God's counsel and the support of our friends and, and family, Ash and I narrowed it down to two choices. To either completely trust in God or to allow the doctors to play God. Ash and I got a piece about our decision to completely trust God to provide us with the child he has, had chosen for us. Christ, our wonderful counselor, gave us Gabrielle, and she is devoted to him. And so we've seen that Christ, the Christ of Christmas, is our wonderful counselor. But what's next? We, we see he's our mighty God. So number two in your notes, Jesus is mighty God. The words used to refer to God in the Old Testament is El Gibber. Who wouldn't want to use those words in the sermon? <laughs> so we see Isaiah referred to God again in Isaiah chapter 10, verse 26, or verse 21. A remnant will return, a remnant of Jacob to the mighty God. So El Gibber literally means warrior God. Once again, this name gives us insight into God's character and who he is. Jesus is a warrior. But you say, wait, Jesus is meek and mild. Well, he's that too. It's true. He's meek and mild and a warrior God. Dan Yakin noted in one of his chapel messages that Jesus is a warrior God, a hero God who would fight a battle much greater than Waterloo or Valley Forge, more decisive than Gettysburg or D-Day, the warrior God, the captain of our salvation, would take the field at Calvary, engage the Titan forces of sin and Satan, death, hell, and the grave. And when the dust of the battle has settled, an empty tomb stands as an eternal monument to the victory of El Gibber, the mighty God. We can rest in, in God's might As he is strong and mighty to save us, he is also strong to preserve our salvation. Now, and he is strong to see his plans come to fruition. Now, hear me on this. Nothing, nothing at all can thwart the plans of God. So let's look at the next title that Isaiah has given us. We've seen that the Christ of Christmas is wonderful counselor, and a mighty God. And now we're going to note that he's called the Everlasting Father. So number three in your notes is Jesus loves us like an everlasting father. And you notice this one's a little bit different because the third name describing Jesus in verse 6 is not saying that Jesus is God the Father. It is because Jesus is God the Son here everlasting father is describing jesus fatherly attitude and actions toward his people when jesus comes again as king he will be a kind protector of his people and fatherly toward his kingdom citizens jesus is a loving father and a perfect daddy he's always there and always listening He's always intimately concerned with and involved in every aspect of our lives. He never grows tired or impatient or uncaring. He never gives up on his children. He's always cheering us on to be exactly what he wants us to be. He's always there with a word of encouragement when we need encouraging and discipline when we need discipline. He's never too busy for us. And he loves us more than we can even imagine. And the amazing thing that <clears throat> the amazing thing that Jesus fatherly father about Jesus' fatherly love and care is that it is forever. It's everlasting. It's never ending. And his love toward his children will never cease. Let that sink in. Do we really get that? The Lord Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords, loves his children like a loving father and does so eternally. Praise God. That should just drive us to our knees in thanksgiving and love for the one who brings us hope. The Christ of Christmas loves us like the perfect father does. But not only is Christ the wonderful counselor and the mighty God and everlasting Father, he's also the Prince of Peace. So number four in your notes, Jesus is our Prince of Peace. So for the last month, as we've been observing Advent, we've been zeroing in on Jesus' birth. Yesterday, my family and I read about Jesus' birth, as a reminder to us from Luke 2, just like Linus did in the Charlie Brown Christmas. But do you remember the, the words of the angelic host as they sang the song to the shepherds? Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he's pleased. Well, what kind of peace is this? Well, there's three kinds of peace that the Prince of Peace brings his children. The first one is he provides us peace with God. This is why he sent his son. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believed in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son to the world to condemn the world. But in order that the world might be saved through him. This is the ultimate Christmas gift. Better than anything you guys received yesterday. God gave his son because we, all of us, are sinful. And our sinfulness causes a great divide between us and holy God. And we cannot overcome that divide on our own. So God took action because he loves us. God's action was to pay the penalty for our sin, which is death, in our stead. And so God loved the world that he sent his son Jesus to pay that penalty and to bridge the great divide. Jesus came to the world both fully human and fully man. He died on the cross to pay that penalty he was buried in the tomb and on the third day rose victorious over death and sin and it's through that sacrifice jesus covered the penalty for our sins that we can accept god's gift of eternal life and have a relationship with him and so paul tells us about this piece or about the peace that this brings in Ephesians chapter 2. And so I want to read that again, beginning in, in verse 12. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, For he himself is our peace. And then skipping down to verse 17. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. So we see here Christ is pursuing and offering peace to all, to those who are far off and those who are near. And when when we accept that peace, God's great gift of salvation, we become his sons and daughters. The second peace that is provided is God, he provides us with a peace that surpasses all understanding and guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus as we see in Philippians 4 verse 7. And this is how we as believers can face a daunting future or an overwhelming task. We're in the midst of unspeakable pain and difficulty. We have a strange sense of peace in our soul, just as Ashley and I had when we were making decisions about growing our family. The peace is there because we know that the mighty God will accomplish his sovereign purpose. Friends, there is peace for the soul found only in the Prince of Peace. So turn your eyes to Jesus. Turn your eyes upon the Prince of Peace. The third piece that is provided, the Prince of Peace provides his kingdom with a never-ending peace. And we can see in verse 7 of Isaiah chapter 9, of the increase of its government and of peace, there will be no end. Jesus is bringing peace that will be enjoyed in the new heavens and the new earth for all of eternity. Did you hear that? When Jesus returns and establishes the new heavens and the new earth, it is going to be great. There will be no boring days. No unhappy days, no unfilling days, unfulfilling days, no unfun days, no peaceless days, no unsatisfying days, and there will be no end. When Jesus returns, it will be forever increasingly more incredible because of the infinite greatness and glory of the King. So, friends. We're living in an already not yet paradigm right now. While we're waiting for certain aspects of Christ's kingdom to come to uh, fullness, we already have some aspects um, breaking in. We already have the wonderful counselor who is there for us every day bringing us hope and comfort. We already have the mighty God who is there um Victorious in every situation, we already have the mighty Father who loves us with an infinite love and goodness today, tomorrow, and forever. And we already have the Prince of Peace who brings us peace with God, peace in all circumstances, and peace in his kingdom for all eternity. So, dear friends. Even as we are still reflecting on the events of Christmas morning, let's rejoice. For this is who the baby in the manger is. This is who the Christ of Christmas is. And this, my friends, is the Lord of this church, where our hope lies and where we and who we follow. Let's pray. Father, thank you for bringing us together here today in this building to worship and enjoy you. We thank you for sending your son to pay the penalty for our sins and to bridge that great divide so that we can have a relationship with you. Father, thank you for forgiving us. As we look forward to your return and the establishment of your kingdom, we praise you for being our wonderful counselor, our mighty God. Loving us like an everlasting father and being the Prince of Peace. Father, I ask you to be with us this week as we continue on. Help us to continue to remember you in all the things that we do and to continue to celebrate your birth. Father, we ask that you place someone in our past this week and help us recognize it to... So. So that we can tell them of your great gift of salvation. In your name, amen. Stand with us.